Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Luna Love of the Podcast acknowledges the traditional owners of the land on which this podcast is recorded, the Araqual people of the Bunjalung Nation, and pays respects to elders past, present, and emerging. I'm your host Jordana Levine and today June 6 is my birthday so I thought it might be fun to do a little bit of a birthday themed episode and have a bit of fun with astrology because you know it's never fun around here. (laughs) No it's always fun on this podcast but we're gonna have extra fun today. I like to have a little bit of an astrology themed start to any birthday What I usually do, I either do it the night before or the morning of. Uh, This year, I'm doing it the morning of. And I just set aside some time and pull up a few different types of astrology charts. The first thing I want to have a look at are the transits happening over the next 12 months from the start of my birthday until my birthday the next year. And I start with like the really big transits that are likely to sort of influence themes for the year ahead. Then I have a look at where there might be some advantageous months for myself throughout the year. So, you know, good times to complete big work projects, perhaps areas where I might be lucky in love. Perhaps there's like room for career progressions or like financial abundance. I just have a look if there are any particular transits that could be really helpful for me over the next year. I then also, of course, have a look where there might be a few challenges. Uh, not to depress myself on the morning of my birthday, but mainly so I can prepare for them in advance. Like I say to you guys on this podcast all the time, whenever there's challenges or obstacles, it's not there for us to hide under the blankets or for us to get really upset and play victim. It's for us to rise to the challenge. And I don't know about you guys, but I like to see the challenges before I get to them. (laughs) Call me a control freak and be done with it. I don't mind. The next chart I pull up is what we call a solar return chart. And the solar return chart is a chart I love. Some astrologers don't love it. My teacher who taught me astrology, he doesn't love a solar return chart, but I get such a kick out of it. Um, It's basically constructed when the sun returns to its natal position. So in your solar return chart, your sun sign will always be the same, but everything else shifts. As the sun returns to its birth position, we also have a return to our sense of identity and purpose. And the solar return chart will highlight particular areas of our psyche, which are important for integration in that year. So the chart is set 
from your birth date of that year of your birthday. So for me, it will be 6th of June, 2023. I offer these as readings, by the way. I've actually just put it up on the website. I took the solar return charts down because no one was booking them. But then I was like, after this episode, maybe people will want to book them. So if you do want a solar return chart, um, I've got a little package that I do where what we'll do is we'll look at the solar return chart. We'll look at the transits for the year ahead and then we'll compare both charts to your natal chart by putting them in a bywheel. It's all very confusing, but I am quite skilled at it. So you don't have to worry about that. Look for the birthday option on the website. There'll be a link to that in the show notes of this episode. Solar returns can be read on their own, but they don't really tell you much on their own. You really want to read it in conjunction with the current transits, right? So I layer them on top of each other. I create a bywheel. It's going to tell me what the themes that are important for me this year based on my solar return, what that looks like against the current transits of the year. It is said that the transits occurring on the solar return will have a more potent effect than those occurring at other times of the year. The main focus for me as an astrologer when looking at a solar return chart is where the moon and rising signs are and where they sit when you create a bywheel with your natal chart. If this means nothing to you, let it go. It's very confusing. But for example, my solar return moon and my solar return rising this year are sitting in my natal seventh house right? And they're going to be sitting there for this next trip around the sun. So from 6th of June, 2023 to 6th of June, 2024, which will be my 40th birthday. Oh my Lord. Um, it basically means that relationships are going to be a big theme for me during this 39th trip around the sun. Or is it the 40th trip around the sun? How do the trips around the sun work? You're born... And then you have a trip around the sun and then you're one, but you've already had a trip around the sun. So that would be your second trip, right? Okay. Sorry. <laughs> Live brain maths. Okay. So the year that you turn is the year that you've turned. You've just completed your 39th trip, right? So I'm about to embark on my 40th trip. Oh my God. I'm tripping is what I'm doing. I'm tripping. Anyway, so relationships are going to be a big theme for me this year. Is this a good thing? Uh, I hope so. Could be a challenging thing as well, but it's all what you choose to do with it, right? I get to decide. I'm going to go with good relationship here. Please, please, universe, please. I then also look at the personal planets, but I don't go too much further because it can be very, very overwhelming right? I think the main focus, what I've found to be most helpful is the sun, moon and rising in the solar return chart. Then look, it is helpful, of course, to look at your Mercury, your Venus and your Mars, but I don't place too much importance on them. Many astrologers will also look at what we call the progressed chart, which I can do too. And I will do in your birthday reading, but I prefer to just stick to transits and solar returns and then comparing them both to my natal chart. Um, I've just found in the past it to be the most accurate and the most insightful. But you don't need to worry about all of this because I can do all of this for you, right? So if you are interested, 
in doing something like this for your birthday. It's a really nice treat to give yourself. Just look for the birthday option on my website. The other little ritual I like to do on the morning of my birthday is to set some birthday intentions for the year ahead. Sometimes they're just things I want to feel. Sometimes they're specific intentions. Either way, I always apply the manifestation equation to each of them. That's thoughts plus feelings plus actions plus faith. And then I kind of check in with them each month of the year to see how I'm going. See if I'm on track, see if I need to change anything. And I was thinking about this in the lead up to this birthday and how from an astrological perspective, there are some really like obvious strengths that we can lean into when it comes to manifesting according to our natal chart. So for the rest of this episode, I thought we could explore that together. Okay, so the first thing I want you to realize is that all of this is so very layered. <laughs> okay, so don't take this as a prescription. But what I would do if I was you is I would listen out for your sun, moon and rising sign. I kind of tend to think your moon will be more indicative of your manifesting efforts. But also in saying that, I think your rising sign will bring even more accuracy to it. Is it the way the universe perceives you? Maybe the way you want to be perceived by the universe? Maybe I'd look at your sun, moon and rising, right? They're all going to give you information here. It could be a combo of all three. You might resonate with one more than the other. In a way, not to confuse you even more, but I think your Venus and Mars probably play into it too. Venus is how you attract and what you're attracted to. We know the law of attraction is a big part of manifestation. And then Mars is your desires and how you take action. So that definitely plays into the intentions that you set and an integral part of the manifestation equation, the action part. The houses, of course, play in as well, but just for simplicity, only factor them in if you have dominance in a house that contains your sun or moon. So what I mean by that is, if in the house that your sun or moon is in, there is a bunch of other planets, then I would call that a dominant house. For example, my sun is in the 12th house and so is my Venus, how I attract, my north node, my destiny, my Chiron, my wounds. <laughs> so yeah, it's a very telling house, the 12th house for me. So as I go through each of these, I'm going to say the sign and the corresponding house, but only pay attention to the house if the house is dominant for you, right? Um, and if all, and you're like, what? What is she talking about? Let it go. Let it go. Just listen for the signs of your sun, moon and rising. Okay. Uh, right. And also this is just a bit of fun. This is just me like having to think about astrology, having to think about manifestation and thinking about how we can integrate them together um, and something to play around with. All right. So for my Aries people and first house, I would be considering active based manifestation. Go for a walk and feel as if you're walking in your newly manifested life. I've done this before. I've got no Aries in my chart but it's kind of a bit of fun. Or the other thing you could do is like use a 
kickboxing class or perhaps like a really hard running track to push through limiting beliefs, any challenges standing in the way of your manifestation. The trick here is to direct your energy through movement. Need to raise your vibrations because you're trying to manifest joy? Dance around the living room to your favorite songs. Yeah, we want to change our vibrational energy through movement. And Aries is so good at taking action. They're probably nailing the action part of the manifestation equation. So with that in mind, Aries probably also wants to consider feeling things. Having a little bit of faith. (laughs) Checking in with their thoughts, right? So whatever you're quite dominant in, of course, you want to balance out the other part of the equation. Then we've got Taurus, and this one's a kick. I actually mentioned it, I'm pretty sure, in the Taurus new moon circle that Ascendant subscribers would have listened to. I'm pretty sure that's where I mentioned it. Um, I need to create a spreadsheet, (laughs) says the Virgo moon, where I document where I've said everything because you will have noticed that quite a few times in this podcast, I'm like, who did I say that to? When did we talk about this? What's going on? Oh, little insight into my Gemini open tabs. Anyway, back to Taurus. Uh, Connect with nature. Sounds boring. It's not. Listen to this. Write down your intentions on a piece of paper. Bury them in the earth, your garden, and plant some seeds. And then what you can do is every morning you can go and water those seeds. Watch those seeds grow and bloom along with your intentions. Is that not the coolest thing you've ever heard? (laughs) whether you're Taurus or not you can do that Um, but it's a very Taurus thing another great Taurus manifestation practice is tuning into how all five senses can engage with your intention what does your intention look like what does it feel like what does it taste like what does it smell like And what does it sound like when you have your intention? Yeah, that might feel weird, but it's actually not. I do it all the time when I do visualizations. I, what can I smell as I'm visualizing my manifestation? What can I taste? What can I touch? What can I see? Right? All of the senses. Was that all of them? I think that's it. What can I feel? Yeah. What can I hear? Yeah. Okay. Gemini. Gemini, Gemini, Gemini. Um, I should know this one better than I know the other ones. Why am I stuck? I guess like communication, (laughs) journaling, speaking it out, communicating it out into existence. Yeah, Geminis are going to be so very skilled at that. I have conversations with the universe like we're best buddies. uh, So that's a good thing to do. You could also write letters to the universe if you like. Another good Gemini practice is to write a letter from your future self to your present day self. If you used to come to Lunar Nights with me in Sydney, we used to do that every month on the new moon. And it's a very, very cool practice. So if you've never done it with me before, you basically pretend you are you (laughs) in the future. So either one year from now or, oh, I'm going to do that on my birthday, actually. Yes, I mean, it's my birthday when you're listening, but when I'm recording it, it is before my birthday. But what you could do on your birthday is transport yourself to your birthday the following year 
And then you're going to write a letter to your birthday on the present day year, outlining all of the wonderful things that you manifested in that 12 month period. Mm, Fun. Okay. So if you're a fellow Gemini, you might like to do that. If you're not a Gemini, you might also like to do that. (laughs) Everyone should give it a go. Okay. Cancer. Feel it. Feel it. Feel it. Feel it. You guys are so good at feeling it. So you might as well feel it. Cancer was made for the feelings part of the manifestation equation. You guys feel everything so deeply and your feelings shift your vibrational frequency. Also, look into feng shui and maybe like or feng shui. No, it's definitely feng shui. Look into feng shui and rearrange your home so that the area of your life you're working on with your intention is firing with the right energy, right? That's pretty simple to do. Um just Google like, well, it depends what you're trying to manifest. If you're trying to manifest money, Google feng shui money corner, and it'll tell you where in your house your money corner is and then what to do to create abundance. You can do the same thing for love. What else can you do for feng shui? I don't actually know. I'm talking about something I don't know anything about. But if you're a cancer, you guys are so much about the home. I feel like that would be a really good place to start. All right, Leos, oh, you guys are all about creative self-expression. I would, if I was you, make a manifestation playlist, turn it up full ball, sing and dance your little heart out, feeling all of the joy, all of the high vibes. And then when you're vibing on that super high, joyful, celebratory frequency, sit down and write your intentions. Everyone should do that, even if you're not Leo. We should all do that, right? When you shift your energy and you change your vibrations and then you think about or you visualize or you write down your intentions, you're infusing them with that energy, right? This is what causes a shift in vibrations. All right, then we've got my little Virgos. You guys and me, because I am a moon, will perform an act of service, Now, for everyone who's not a Virgo, they're going to be like, that does not sound like fun. But for Virgos, that is our bread and butter, mate. We love it. If you're trying to manifest love, go and give love to someone else. If you're trying to manifest money, can you pay it forward? You get the picture, right? Virgos love being of service. And a great little universal hack is to perform the service you would love to receive in return. Everything in the universe is cyclical, remember? You want to receive energy, give energy back. Libra. Vision boards were made for Libra. The more aesthetic, the more beautiful, the more evocative, the better. Hang your vision board in a prominent position. Change things, change things around as you need. The trick is to use images and words that spark vibrational shifts in your feelings and your thoughts. I am not a huge vision board person unless you're also applying the manifestation equation. So to my Librans, you guys are all about the aesthetics. You should absolutely do a vision board, but also make sure you're aligning your thoughts, you're feeling the feels, you're taking action and you're having faith. Yeah, you can't just look at the pictures. It doesn't work like that. All right, Scorpio. Mm, I want to make someone fall in love with you. Make a voodoo doll. (laughs) I'm just joking. I'm joking. That is not what you should do. Don't do that. But Scorpio is a little witchy, right? So 
I say embrace that. I have a Scorpio Mars and there's a little bit of witch in me too. I think in all seriousness, sorry, thought I'd throw a little joke in there. I did say this is going to be a fun episode. Um, Something ritualistic is perfect for Scorpio. Fire ceremonies, chanting, bringing together a coven would all work well. Incantations, crystals, tarot cards, all of the occulty things, right? Very, very Scorpio. There is transformation to be had. And you know what? You know what Scorpio is so good at is letting shit burn to the ground and then rising from the ashes. So yeah, fire ceremony is definitely the way to go for Scorpio, even though they're not a fire sign. Um, But they're very good at transmuting, transforming. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Scorpio, go and make a coven. (laughs) All right. Sagittarius, you guys are going to go and have a new experience. Switch up the energy, go on an adventure. Your power comes from feeling free, feeling uninhibited, allowing yourself to be immersed in that which expands your mind. So when manifesting, surround yourself with things that make you feel expansive and optimistic and hopeful and do all of this to strengthen your faith. Faith, of course, is the fourth part of the manifestation equation and Sagittarius is all about faith, believing in something. Look at your limiting beliefs. Are these blocking you, right? So much power is kept in beliefs and faith when it comes to Sag. Capricorns, you guys are going to make a plan. Yeah, you're going to write a business plan, draw up some blueprints of your dream home. I heard someone say a while ago that if a Capricorn could make the universe sign a contract, they would. (laughs) So maybe do that. Draw up a contract with the universe. What do you need from the universe? What will be your contribution? What is expected from both parties, right? This sounds horrible to me. (laughs) And like... Pisceans are probably like, and Cancerians are probably like, this sounds really bad. But Capricorns, you guys are frothing on it, right? You're like, I can draw up a contract with the universe? Amazing. Do it. Do it. See what comes of it. Aquarius. I've got to be honest. I wasn't so sure about this one, Um, but I'm sure the Aquariuses know what they should be doing. I might open up a question box on Instagram about that. Um, What do you guys want to do? You always do what you want to do anyway, so do that. But maybe something with the community, like a moon circle or even like group meditation classes, like being part of collective energy. Yes, 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 this is it. Being part of collective energy for Aquarius would be really great. If I think back to, I know a few of you were there. I mean, many of you were there, but listeners of the podcast. This is the old days. Um, When did I start running Lunar Nights? It must have been 2016. No, that can't be right. I moved up to Byron in 2019. Yeah, I think it was. Oh my God. What the hell? 2017, 16. Anyway, if you used to come to Lunar Nights in Bondi, it was like 50 people, every new moon. There was something so incredible about raising the collective vibrations in the room and our manifestations were on fire back then y'all we need to do that again you guys all come up to Byron (laughs) okay we'll do it up here but if you're in Aquarius you guys are all about community yeah social awareness groups and I feel like doing some collective manifestation um, could be really really advantageous for you 
And then last of all, we've got Pisces. And I've just realized I've recorded this whole podcast and wasn't telling you the houses the whole way through. I think most of you know the corresponding houses, but let me do them quickly before we talk about Pisces. Okay, so Aries, first house. Taurus, second house. Gemini, third house. Cancer, fourth house. Leo, fifth house. Virgo, sixth house. Libra, seventh house. Scorpio, eighth house. Sagittarius, ninth house. Capricorn, tenth house. Aquarius, eleventh house. Pisces, 12th house. So remember, you're looking for house dominance. If you have house dominance, you might not. Pisces, you guys are going to visualize. You are the visualizers, right? I told you at the beginning of the podcast, I'm 12th house dominant. So I am also a visualizer. Visualization is a great tool for everyone when it comes to manifestation, but Pisces excel at it. Daydreaming, being in their imagination, fantasizing about a future they desire. These are all really advantageous as long as you can switch it off, come back down to reality, take action in the present moment, right? You can't just be in the fantasy. You got to align your thoughts. You got to work on your feelings. You got to have faith, which you guys are pretty good at, but you've also got to take action, right? So yeah, and dreams, Pisces, if you can dream what you're trying to manifest, amazing, so powerful. All right, was that fun? I promised fun. I hope we had some fun. Um, I will be back next week. We are going to be talking about the Gemini new moon. Are we? Yes, we're going to be talking about the Gemini new moon. And then the following week, we're going to be talking about cancer season. And then the following week... I'm going to be in Spain, but you guys will get an episode. What's it going to be? Haven't decided yet. I'll figure that out and get back to you. All right, my loves, this has been fun. Um, Any questions, you can always DM me on Instagram. I have some availability for natal charts. I know, it's wild. In June, I think I have three spots. You don't have to book a natal chart. You can book a birthday chart if you want, or you can book... A transits reading or you can ask me a question or any of the things love patterns astrology you can do all of those things I have some spots in June when are they I'm gonna pull my calendar up right now and let you know remember if you are overseas it might not be the day I'm saying but these are the Australian dates and times okay so the 10th of June that's this Saturday I've got a 10 a.m. and a 2 p.m. slot. If you would like to slide in to that, you can. They're my only times left in June. I thought I had more. Okay, not to worry. Um, Fun. There's two spots left in June if you want them. If not, my next availability is in August. So I'd be hopping on those June dates if I was y'all. I also have Embodying Your Natal Chart Part 2. If you came to the first part of that workshop, Great. The early bird price for the second part ends on Wednesday, June 7. So if you're listening to this the day it drops, it's the next day. It's going to go up to $59. The early bird price is $49. It's going to increase to $59. Um, That is on the 18th of July, the second part of that. That was a really fun workshop. What else do I need to tell you guys? 
I think that's it. If you want to become a subscriber, you get a bonus episode. This week, I walked you through the impact that Venus is having on us for the next four months. Uh, Relationships are going to be highlighted. There's a lot going on. And I walk you through all of that in this week's bonus episode. Um, And as a subscriber, you get bonus episodes every week. So that's two episodes of Lunar Love of the Podcast every week. And then as an Ascendant subscriber, you also get an online uh, audio, not online, you get access to an audio moon circle every new moon and every full moon. All right, my loves, uh, I am off to enjoy my birthday. It's been a pleasure. I will be back next week. Until then, I'm Jordana Levine, and you've been listening to Luna Lover, the podcast. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well... HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm.